Plotting. Story. Themes. Animation. Long ago, the four storytelling elements were in harmony. Then, everything changed when the executives attacked. Only the production team, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed them most, they vanished. Several years passed and Nickelodeon discovered the new production team, a group called the Avatar Cast. And although their production skills are great, they would have a lot to prove in their newest production. But many saw that they lived up to the hype and saved the world. Hello and welcome everybody to the newest episode of Nerds Talk Movies. I'm your host today, Tristan Benz. You just heard my co-host, Drew Garrison, giving a a little rendition of the classic Avatar intro. You know, you may may notice, I didn't just mention Taylor. Uh, That's because he vanished, much like the Avatar and much like the, uh, the production team. Uh, he just apparently hates Avatar and didn't want to be on this episode, so, you know. I just couldn't, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't look at him the yeah, same way I when know. he said it's so. Yeah, I know. It's really, I mean, he said that it's the worst show of all time. And he also said that Fast and Furious is the greatest movie series of all time. Uh, I, 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 I believe, um, I believe he said that. And he also said <laughs> that, uh, you know, my, my judgment is infallible, which that's true. You know, who am I to argue with, uh argue with that because i am in fact the arbiter of culture um but we're not talking about that today what we're talking about as you may have guessed from drew's intro or the title of the episode you know if if you read it uh is season one of one of the i do personally believe one of despite what taylor says one of the greatest animated series of all time arguably one of just the greatest series of all time period avatar the last airbender Exactly. Banger. Banger show. So if somehow you don't know anything about Avatar, we're going to break off a little bit of the synopsis for you from IMDb. In a war-torn world of elemental magic, a young boy reawakens to undertake a dangerous mystic quest to fill his destiny as the Avatar and bring peace to the world. Shockingly accurate from IMDb, uh, but... And doesn't know, spoil anything. Doesn't spoil anything. A broken clock is right twice a day, and that's IMDb sometimes, you know? They, uh, they're real hit or miss. I, I still can't get over their, uh, I believe it was their Jurassic Park synopsis, where it's like, all right, this is... You're really burying the lead here, but I digress. <laughs> As for the cast and crew behind this fantastic series, you know, we also pulled that from IMDb. So it was created by, and I have never tried to pronounce it. Jesus H. Christ. I've never tried to pronounce these names. I've, I've watched Avatar for years. I watched it as it aired as a child. Watched every episode as it aired. Never Would tried you like to me say, to say their names, names out loud. I got, you know, Michael Dante DiMartino, but uh, the series was created by Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Konietzko? Konietzko. Konietzko? There you go. Um, they're both credited with directing at least one episode of the series. Um, other directors include Giancarlo Volpe. Drew, correct me if I'm wrong, he's done a lot of DC animation, right? Because that name yes. also seems... Very, and Joaquin Dos Santos, I feel like, has done uh, some kind of DC animation. Um, but they're joined by Ethan Spaulding, Laura McMullen, uh, and Anthony Leoy. And a name that I think a lot of people will recognize these days, Dave Filoni. Mr. Filonius himself, David Filonius. Uh, now, there's also the cast who are, I'd say, equally important to to making the show a hit because you know, like, their performances endeared uh, the the characters to the audience. So we got Zach Tyler Eisen as Ang. We got D. Bradley Baker as Appa and countless other animals. Didn't he also voice uh, uh Momo? I thought he did. I want to say, yeah, I want to say he voices Momo. We got May Whitman as Katara, Jack DeSena as Sokka. Dante Basco as Prince Zuko, and Mako as uh, Uncle Iroh. Lastly, movies and TV shows are driven by more than just a director, writers, and cast. 
There are hundreds of people who are working on each project, so for each movie or show, we also spotlight a certain group of the crew or a specific crewmate, depending on what we think that movie or show's best trade is. Cast members not included in our main cast section are also eligible to be selected for this part as well. Drew, what's who's your who you want to spotlight? Who are you shouting out? I really want to shout out everyone because they just did everything right in Avatar. But uh, for mine, I want to shout out Aaron Ehas. He is like, I honestly think without him, the writing in Avatar would not be as good as it is. Don't get me wrong. Everyone contributes. Everyone. Mm-hmm. But Aaron, e- but Aaron Ehas just has something with his writing that allows it to push anything that he writes to like God tier status. Just for reference, he wrote some of the best episodes of Futurama, and he also has a new series called The Dragon Prince that he created, and many people call that the new Avatar, so that should tell <laughs> yeah. you like, how good. I bet. <laughs> yeah, so that should tell you just how amazing he is. Mm-hmm. Well, shout out to that man, Aaron. I am going to give my shout outs to the composers, Jeremy Zuckerman and Benjamin Wynn, because damn! The music in the show know. hits. And, you know, it's not a spoiler to say the music continues to hit for all three seasons. Like, it's just, man, you, I don't you, think you hear there's that a theme. Miss. You hear, you know, the, the the slower score in the quieter moments when Aang enters an Avatar state and shit gets popping off in the credible. Oh, my goodness. It's just bars there's not even any words because it's all orchestral but it's bars like it just doesn't it it boggles the mind how hard the music goes in you know whatever one thought was just going to be a a kid's cartoon it's it's fantastic stuff now to get into the prelude i feel like everyone in our generation knows avatar you know we all watched it growing up if you somehow missed out on it what's up you know what what was what happened all right like, who, like, they, like it's on Netflix. It's on, uh, like on they Paramount have a lot Plus, of the episodes on, should be. yeah, per, on Paramount Plus. They have a lot of the stuff on you on YouTube as well. It's like you can go see some of the um older ep- the, like some of the first episodes on YouTube just to get yeah. you hyped for it. The show, the show turns twenty next year. Oh God, I don't like that. It turns nineteen in in a, eight days. February twenty first, two thousand five is when it first premiered. Jesus Christ on a cross. Oh, I don't care for that. <laughs> <laughs> but point being, you've had almost two decades, all right, to watch this show. So, come on, all right? Get it together. Put put your life in order. Put your house in order, okay? Go watch this show. I'm assuming if you're listening to this episode that you have already watched it and good good for you, like you've been exposed to culture. But if for whatever reason you haven't watched this, then I need you to stop what you're doing. Um, first, go look at yourself in the mirror and say... I'm a dummy, dummy, stupid head. And then go watch the show and then go back to the mirror and say, wow, I'm glad I'm no longer a dummy, dummy, stupid head because I watched the show because Tristan and Drew told me to. Um, And it was so good. And then you send us a comment that says, thank you. And we'll say you're welcome. Drew, what's your history with Avatar? So my history with Avatar was ironic, was ironically that I would... That I was able to watch it the first time when it uh, first premiered. Had no idea it was a new premiere. Just thought it was a new... That was a show I never saw. And uh, it was a pretty awesome. But, but, unfortunately, for me, it's like during Avatar, during Avatar when its second season started premiering, uh, that was during the hard times of my... The hard times of our life where uh, we couldn't pay our electricity bill. So, of course, no electricity, no TV. And I almost missed the second season. Luckily, Nickelodeon knew they had a certified hood classic on them. And knew, hey, we should premiere some of the old episodes more before, like, the mid and final um, season singers and stuff. And uh, they did. It was awesome. And I got to catch up with the uh, stuff. And I, luckily, our our house got in order soon enough that I could enjoy season three. And that is my history with Avatar. Besides... I have been a longtime fan from the beginning, and I will probably be a fan until I die. There you go. Now, do you have an Airbender tattoo to commemorate your fandom? Or commemorate, I should say? Uh, I didn't get the Airbender tattoos, Well, I've got one, I got... so get on my level, Drew. I'm a real fucking fan up in here. I got an Avatar fucking, you know, art print on my wall out here, alright? So why don't you come at me? I'm just kidding. 
I, do, I do too. I have I have multiple avatar I have multiple avatar prints. One of which is signed by the voice of Iroh. Not unfortunately, not Mako because uh, R.I.P. He yeah, he, he passed away. God, what a yeah. great, great, great performer. Great performer. Re- it's like he doesn't Greg really Baldwin sad. replace him. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's who I got. Um, I, that's who I got my artwork signed by. And uh, he also turned one of my Iroh screenshots into. Uh, Iroh fr- into Prison Iroh, literally with tattoos and everything. Oh, yeah, Prison Iroh. You know, well, yeah, I got to show you we'll, sometimes. We'll talk Preston. about that in a couple seasons. Uh, but yeah, no, I I also have a have a strong history with Avatar. Obviously, based on my short rant, I watched every episode as it uh, as it aired. I have just a very distinct memory, and this is no spoilers, but watching the finale at the age of twelve eating my Tyson's Buffalo uh, chicken tenders. Um, man, what a what a time. They released all four episodes of the the final uh, season, or the four final episodes of the of season three, the series finale. They released them all on one night. So it was just a two-hour event and blew my mind. I still remember watching the uh, season one finale. I would have been, I guess, at five, what? 2005 would have been eight yeah so i still remember that it's it's the show slaps all right and it it was a big part of our our formative moments as children and it was it became every moment with the show became like a core memory yeah and i mean i think the same can be said for a lot of our generations you meet anyone around our age you can have a conversation about avatar for the most part but with the netflix adaptation coming up uh was it this month was it next week I think it's this month, next week. Hold on, let me look up. As the, we're recording. As we're recording. We're recording this on February 13th, day before Valentine's Day, because we love... Uh, we love Avatar. We love Avatar. And let me see, I'm looking up the date of the live-act show. Scheduled to premiere on February 22nd, with eight so, episodes. So we're so, getting this in before the the... The live action show comes out. Will we review the live action show? I guess it depends on whether or not it sucks or not. You know? Because oh, if it's bad, I don't want to talk about it. Just like I don't like to talk about the live action movie. We don't talk about it. It sucked. There's only one cinematic avatar that I acknowledge, and that is James Cameron's avatar. Thank you very much. Shout out to Way of Water. Made me cry. Four times. Yeah, uh, just FYI, my original rendition of the story was one that kind of shat on the Shyamalan version. Uh, I figured that I should probably not do that for season one. I mean, yeah, I think history has shat on that movie enough, you know? Yeah. Who likes it? Nobody. All right? Like, I'm not Shyamalan, talented director. You know, no I know it's easy for people to make fun of him because he's always got the twists and whatnot. He's He's a talented director. He he has made good things. He's made good things before Avatar, the the Avatar adaptation. He's made good things after. He's he's got the stuff. But Last Airbender was a fucking swing and a miss, and that's the last we need to say about that because we're talking about the good Avatar, the Last Airbender. Yeah, I also feel like he was kind of shafted, to be honest. It's like, how are you gonna make um good animation and stuff with that Nickelodeon budget? Name one Nickelodeon live action movie that had a good animation budget. Uh. I don't know, doing the, the door movie. I saw a clip of Boots. And I was like, all right, that don't look bad. You know? Huh. But I, I, I have not seen the door movie, but okay. Well, Drew, you're missing out on culture, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen a single clip of it. Uh, so, Drew, normally we would say, what are your general thoughts on Avatar? But it's clear that we love it. You know, am, am, I, am I overstating uh, your, your affection for this show? Absolutely not. Okay, then I guess, sure. Give me your... your general thoughts that you haven't already stated i don't know what i don't know what to say besides it's great it's amazing iconic spectacular uh generation defining and multi-generation defining because even people who like did not grow up with avatar love avatar like yeah it had a especially had a big resurgence like during lockdown and the pandemic when everyone just had nothing to do but watch things they'd never seen before yeah, that's and then Avatar just got its research, got its resurgence, and everyone was like, "Why did we not watch this as children?" That's a great question. Why didn't they? Why didn't you, yeah. listener, who didn't watch the show as children? All right, why? Why? Think back on your decisions. Get your life right. 
Yeah, you can. St- you're still alive. You can uh, rectify your mistakes. There's still time. It's never too late. Honestly, Avatar is just mind blowing as a show, especially as a show that was coming out during a time when animation seemed like uh, a lot of people were going away from it. Because I think Avatar was also coming out during the time when Cartoon Network, you know, the network for cartoons, was trying to move to live action. There was a, yeah, I I do believe. I don't know that Destroy Build Destroy started at the same time as Avatar, but it was definitely. I believe it was Avatar was on air when Destroy Build Destroy was on, and all all that sort of stuff, like the House of Anubis or whatever whatever the crap that was. That was a weird time. That was a weird yeah. time. Why was Cartoon Network doing live action things? And why did I watch a surprising amount of it? Shout out to Andrew WK. Destroy Build Destroy. Uh, fucking ripped. I love Destroy Build Destroy. I also got into Tower Prep, but I'm mm. still like. I was still like that person was like, why is this on Cartoon Network? Yeah. It had more Nickelodeon vibes too. Yeah. But we digress. Even Disney was like starting to do more live action uh, shows and everything on both Disney XD and Disney Channel. So it's like Avatar was kind of like Nickelodeon's way of saying, hey, animation still slaps. It's and still it still got did. the sauce. Yeah. And it did. Avatar showed that it still got the sauce. And uh, as an animation lover myself, like... This was like ice cream every single time it came on. So, and so much of the animation still holds up. Like yeah, there's a it's couple really good. bits in like the first season that we're talking about today where sh- some things get a little bit framey just cuz, you know, it it's not exactly like we were all watching this on high def television in 2005. So, you know, they've had to upscale a few things. But overall, it's still like beautiful to look at. And and yeah. not just from a straight up animation standpoint but just from a character and and you know world design standpoint it's really really uh ingenious in, in a lot of ways and yeah there have been criticisms because the which are you know somewhat valid well not somewhat entirely valid because aren't the creators just two white guys and it's like all right well we're pulling a lot from you know asian cultures and not always necessarily giving the right amount of credit or something like that but you know yeah it, like nothing like, perfect it was, yeah it'd be one thing if they were like just like oh we pulled inspiration from these different asian cultures and they like were giving a shout out and everything but it like it does feel a little weird when they refuse to give a shout out yeah. to those asian cultures the the extent to which i remember and you know this was me as a as a child but the extent to which i remember them especially crediting specific cultures was they had a martial artist from some like little featurette on Nickelodeon um, demonstrating the different martial arts that the different bending styles were based on. I was like, okay, that's cool. Mm. Like that's a, you know, credit where credit's due thing. But just in terms of, you know, the visuals of certain, um, you know, characters and, and cultures in the show, I've heard a, a fair amount of criticism for that. So, you know, we, we, can't, we don't want to just paint with a broad brush of everything's perfect, even though the show's great. Like we got to acknowledge when could be a little bit better but as a story and as a show like the product itself and i hate to call it a product but you know the content of the show itself is still fantastic even you know with some things surrounding that's like all right we could have done uh, a bit better with this yeah 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 what as about for, you tristan yeah well as for my journal thoughts it's a great show this is one of my favorite shows of all time you know Clearly, I mean, I have an airbender tattoo. Doesn't go all the way down to my hand because, you know, I didn't know if I would ever want to get a job in corporate America. Didn't know if that would play. Didn't know if they were big uh, <laughs> Avatar fans at Enron or whatever. I don't know. Is Enron still a thing? That was just the first big company I thought of. But yeah, no, I love the characters. I love clearly the music. I love the world of it. It's just, it's one of those shows for me you know, up there with X-Men, the animated series or the DC animated universe, you know, Justice League, all that, where I can still watch it today. And it's like, oh, I feel like a kid again. Like this is, it's, it's become like chicken soup for the soul or whatever, like comfort food. It's like, okay, this is, you know, like I, I am so deeply in love with these characters and this world and this story that, I can watch it, you know, anytime and, and not get sick of it. Um, even, you know, if we're only just talking about season one, which is the worst season of the show. 
And that's because this show just gets better and better as it goes. And that's not to say season one's bad. Season one, fantastic. Like, leagues ahead of most other, you know, initial seasons for animated shows. Like, it's still a, a fantastic story. But, man, the show just gets better and better as it goes. And it is held up surprisingly well. Especially when you compare it to some other early 2000s animation where you're like, eh, all right, this is this is fine, you know, in terms of animation quality, in terms of character arcs, in terms of just the overall show itself. Like, man, does this hold up? Yeah, it's re- it's really great, and honestly, it's like surprisingly the lessons that it show tries to teach because this is a family friendly show. It does try to like teach lessons to kids and everything. Uh, the lessons that it teaches are have been like universal. They they've aged like remarkably well. But uh, Avatar is really one of those sh- shows where it's like you are just amazingly surprised by uh by it if you like just don't know anything about it. Because I remember like showing my sister Avatar for the first time and that was like not like recent recent. It wasn't during the pandemic, but kind of after I think it was 2022. But uh, yeah, so like 2022 showed her Avatar and uh she doesn't like it she doesn't like animation she's like my polar opposite on that it's like uh she only likes the disney um stuff so when i showed her this and she was actually enjoying it it was it's like it just shows like avatar can somehow grab audiences even those that are pretty much catered against it it's it's just such an engrossing story i have not encountered anyone who's like this show sucks like they can have their problems with it and their valid criticisms, you know, with, with the production behind it and all that stuff. But no one has ever, I, I haven't encountered anyone who says Avatar The Last Airbender sucks. Now, people have their opinions about Legend of Korra, which I'm sure we'll talk about eventually in the future. I love the show. But, you know, I, I have seen nothing but universal praise for the actual story and, and, creative output from the the last airbender series um it's just a balls to the wall great great uh great show now yeah you know it's a big part of these great shows what is it tristan we gotta talk about the performances the import the performances are such an important part of endearing oh especially especially in animation where it's so easy to just not take things seriously Cause like, Oh, it's just a cartoon. But when you get some of these banger ass performances and the emotion, you know, the pathos they bring to these characters, I tell you what, it's on another level, man. It gets you nips hard, you know, (laughs) cut diamonds with those things. What I'm saying now, Drew, who are your standout performances? I know that's a loaded question because there's not a bad performance in, especially with this core cast right here. Like, what what who are your standout performances among one of the best animated casts of all time i re it's like like you said it's a loaded question so i'm just gonna like just keep going till you stop me okay just go ahead mako he is uncle iroh 100 percent my own, it's like god he brought the character to life you you love him he is like there's no way that you cannot like watch Avatar and not fall in love with Uncle Iroh. It's just un it's just it's just an unstoppable force coming at you with the addition of the immovable object. You you're not going to be able to stop it. Uh Zack Tyler who plays Aang, like good god. I don't think anyone like talks about his performance enough because like everyone wants to talk about uh Prince Zuko, which we will get to Dante Bosco in my list as well. But good God, good Google. Zach, Zach plays Aang like nearly too well. Like I almost can't hear him without hearing Aang. And I've heard him in his other stuff, like in the Ant Bully and in uh oh shit, he wasn't and in a bully. Yep. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, it's crazy when you like hear his stuff, and it's like. Wow, you can still hear Aang, but it also Aang is so distinct. It's amazing. Like, he, he killed it. He killed it. And I don't think I've heard him be in much other stuff afterwards, which is a damn shame. Uh, We got Mae Whitman as Katara. Like, again, another performance that pretty much helped make the character. Like, you, like, 
I'm not di- I'm not dissing on Shyamalan right now or the Netflix live action. None of none of them ha- can do Katara like May can. Dante Bosco as Prince Zuko. Bro, shout out like, to Rufio is... from Hook. Yeah, shout out to Rufio from Hook. It's like Dante Bosco is honestly like Hollywood legend. Not even Hollywood legend. He is just like animation and acting legend. He is legend in all around. And still doing stuff to this day, guys. Like, man does not stop for a second. He's and trying to he's... get them them dollar bills. I respect it, you know? Get your, he's get your to get... bank, Dante. Yeah, he's trying to get them dollar bills, and he is doing phenomenal. His niece like, was uh, Cassandra Kane in Birds of Prey. Uh huh. Yeah, that was a that was a character. Yeah. She did fine. She was, for what she was they great. Wrote. She was great. It just yeah. wasn't Cassandra Kane. Yeah, it just wasn't Cass Kane. You know, she yeah. she but, was uh, enjoyable in the movie, but they should have just given that character a different name. Yeah. Then there's Gray Griffin, another amazing character. I can't go too much into it because technically she is a cameo in this one, but but she's great. There's great. She's great. But you know who we did get to hear who was technically also cameo. Mark right. Hamill as the I fire. Couldn't re- Lord. I couldn't remember if he was in this season or not. He was like he like during the flashback season. Oh, with Zuko the, the challenge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't remember if, if they only just had his silhouette there because they definitely yeah. I mean, they, you don't ever see him until you know season later in later in the show but yeah he was you hear you hear a little you hear a little marky hams yeah and he was also in like the end the ending with uh the reveal yeah with the reveal you're right he is he is yeah so he so he's here and by the way i did not originally i did not associate mark hamill with the uh with the fire lord initially because it is think luke skywalker or the joker you know yeah and it's like and it's like wait a minute he it's like he does it and you can hear him yeah yet it still sounds different enough to where you hear like tinges of joker but it's like oh no this is more like joker is such his joker is such a good voice because it's so like creepy and unsettling but also funny and you know he can he can flip it on a dime i think his fire lord sounds more like straight up intimidating and like menacing it's more of a it has a more immediately i would say it has it has with a bit more gravitas than the joker like joker he's always performing even when he's being you know malicious this is more of a like uh, yes i am the fire lord like i am top top dog you know you you don't question that this man is trying to take over the world yeah and you and you also can understand why a person with that much power believes he can get away with literally like spearheading a hundred year war and you know a couple genocides uh we'll get into that (laughs) we'll get into that uh that's what i think i'm gonna end it there because i i went through the big ones and i i want to hear what you have to say about the cast tristan i mean retweet to everything you said also shout out to d bradley baker you know just he's always in everything so yeah he's he's you know honestly we could put him as as a standout like to be spotlighted even though you know he's listed in the credits because he's just voicing everything you know um shout out to him as the clones the clones in star wars but (laughs) every every main form one you didn't touch on that one shout out jack DeSena is fantastic as um sokka i miss jack i thought i mentioned jack Jack. no you miss jack you you oh no Oh no, not not Grandmaster Sokka. You, you didn't say Jack about Jack, um, but his Sokka is is so funny, and he's such a, a jerk at the beginning. But you know, you see, you know, he, he he's he's got a little thing called a character arc. You know, is he a little bit of sexist at the beginning of the show? Yeah, is that okay in the show? No, and they're like, hey, Sokka, don't be sexist. And is it a journey that he goes on to be like, hey, you know what? Yeah, women are awesome too. And is that like some nuance and character development that it seems like we're not going to get in the live action show? Because like, yeah, we cut out the bits of Sokka being sexist because that's not okay. And it's like, well, well, that yeah, was the whole was, point of the character that was the arc. Point, but. I digress, you know, whatever. Um, he's effortless, effortlessly hilarious and can also be really heartfelt and vulnerable whenever the situation calls for it. Same with, uh, well, maybe not same, but with Dante Basco as Zuko, he switches from 
that vulnerability to that rage and determination just so skillfully. He's there's a reason why he's you know uh, a fan favorite character, and then Zach Taylor Eisen or Tyler Eisen and May Whitman as Aang and Katara. They have such great chemistry. And you immediately buy it. It's like, okay, these are children, but like, yeah, there's a reason why they're immediately drawn to each other. Like, there's a reason why they clearly need each other. They play so well off each other. Really, the whole main trio have such great chemistry, but specifically with with Aang and Katara, like, they bring so much out of each other. And I think both of those performances lend to that, even if they weren't necessarily, you know, recording in the booth together. They play off of each other so well that's like man like you you are immediately rooting for these characters um yeah and then you know mako the goat like can't really say anything else other than that he was the goat <laughs> he was the goat uh rest in peace mako rest in peace rest you always be our uncle peace. pyro i'll tell you what now what are we talking about? we're talking about the visuals and score drew the visuals in this show i mean it is amazing Come on, that this animation is almost 20 years old. Like, almost 20 years old. Well, and this show the show aired in 2005. So they could have been this it, the actual animation process itself like this could have been 2004 cuz it aired in February 2005. So that animation could be turning 20 this year. Which makes me and cold it's, in a way I don't care for. <laughs> I I age like fine wine. I am good with getting older. But this animation this animation just doesn't age. It is amazing. Like, you mentioned before, like, there are some moments where it's like, okay, yeah, it has a little weird framing and everything. But most of the time, it's like, it's just so good. Like, episode one alone, and normally episode ones have the best visuals. And ironically, this w- episode one of Avatar doesn't have the best visuals. They no, saved it not. for inside the series and of course the season finale. Yeah, but season finale is what I was gonna point to because goodness gracious, great balls of fire! What a <laughs> don't mm, what a don't you mean great fish of water? You got me there. Great <laughs> spirits of the spirit realm, spirit world. Great spirits of the spirit realm, but yeah, like but episode one has amazing visuals straight out of the get go, and you're like just so surprised by how fluid it is by how amazing it is and i'm pretty sure most of it is hand drawn if not all of it so it's like it's amazing to see like just how well they were able to do with um a mostly hand drawn animation and just how well keep talking i'm going to i'm going to double check that i got the wikipedia page pulled up right now so i will take a look at the production i will let you know go ahead but it's amazing to see how well the animation goes how the movements feel so realistic and how you can understand what each movement is supposed to do when they're bending or how even just like the lights that Aang projects when he's in the avatar state, how it like engulfs and shows uh, this, the just amazing power that Aang has. And even like the stuff like Sokka's boomerang is just honestly animated pretty well. It's just, you can see it all just come together extremely well to make this visual masterpiece like I could watch Avatar without hearing any of the sounds. I wouldn't because the music is amazing. I mean, fire. Yeah, one of the best parts. Yeah, so it's like I I couldn't, but at this, because it's like I would just want to hear that music. But you could at the same time. It's like you could like just have it on mute and just let it keep going, and you would love the visuals of Avatar. Now I couldn't get any confirmation on whether or not it was hand drawn or not, but uh, I still you know agree with everything you said. Because, I mean, you're right. You're spitting, you're spitting facts, Drew. All right? You've entered the Avatar state of facts. Oh. Your, eye, your eyes are all glowing, you know? My, you eyes, are, the, my eyes are glowing. You've, you've developed the tattoos that you refuse to get. Yes, they somehow just appear on me. They just appear. Well, that's the power of the Avatar state. Like, you just, <laughs> you're, you're, you're spitting the truth. Um, but yeah, the visuals and the score, I mean, there's a reason why. I shouted out the composers for, you know, my, my little, uh, spotlight moment or whatever that we always do. Like it is obviously the visuals are spectacular, but the music is such a big part of this world and enveloping you in, in this story that 
like you said, you can watch it without the without the music, and it's still a beautiful show to look at. But it would not hit near as hard without the the music. They are they're perfectly balanced, you know, just like the material and the and the spiritual worlds should be. You know, that's what the Avatar is there for to bring to bring balance to the the four elements and and the world. Um, it is. I mean, even just the the intro, you know, the I think the visuals and the score for the intro of the series is that that in a nutshell is like the type of badass shit we're getting for the entire show. Like it's just a, a perfect little little appetizer for some of the the peak, the peak storytelling that you're going to get over the course of three seasons, starting in just this this, you know home home run season one it's some it's some mm-hmm. good shit for real oh yeah now fun fact about see fun fact about the opening that oh, yeah. um uh, yeah a lot of people it's like a it's like a lot of people will realize this as they watch but the opening is kind of a teaser for a few characters ironically sure yeah ironically the exception to this is technically earth because that was supposed to be a character that appears in season two and she and she was changed and then they use some of the other designs to make another character who is less significant called the boulder the boulder the boulder who is the boulder god see now i just want to get to season two so we talk about the boulder love the boulder big shout out to the boulder yeah but uh yeah that was originally supposed to that was originally supposed to be uh a season two character who we're going to talk about that I don't want to spoil. Uh, we shan't spoil a thing. We shan't spoil a thing. But it's amazing to think. But it's amazing to think about. Like when you um you go back to the intro and realize, oh, that was supposed to be you know who. But also, it's like again, every character in it is technically a teaser of an important character that helps develop along the journey. It's amazing. The foreshadowing. It. You know what, Drew. I don't think that it would be wrong to say that this show, it's cinema. Honestly, yeah, it kind of is. It's cinema. And when you, show this and when to you Martin it, Scorsese, all right? He'll be locked in. You, you, you <laughs> fucking mark my words, all right? You, you show this to Christopher Nolan or Denis Villeneuve, they're like, wow, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen, and they'll be right. They'll be right. Show it to George Lucas. You know, I'm sure Dave Filoni probably showed him an episode or two. Probably, I'm, I'm, he I'm probably sure had to watch an episode or two before he's like, you know what? Yeah, we should hire this Dave Filoni guy for Clone Wars. Like this is, <laughs> it's a banger. All right, it's a banger. Yeah. What one, one of the things that I also like about that analogy mm. is that technically it is because see, is like season one is the first movie that helped set everything up, but also is still a great adventure all on its own. Mm-hmm. Season t- season two is that moment in the middle where you don't, where it's like you get some, fu- you get some fun stuff that, that um, builds off of the first one, but you don't know where it's good, where you land in uh, where the characters are going to land and everything. It's like that moment of uncertainty. And season three is like that awesome finale that brings it together. It's the perfect three acts. Perfect. The perfect three movies. Cinema. It's cinema. It's 61 episodes worth of cinema. It's just one long ass movie. All right. Just watch it all in one sitting. You'll be totally fine. All right. They, like you guys, like you guys do open. it for Netflix. You don't want to, you don't want to miss a moment. You know, tape your eyes open. Don't even blink. <laughs> but speaking of not blinking and not even going into favorite moments. Cause we'll, we'll move in. Now that at, we'll move into that next, but just talking about the visuals, like what are what are some of your favorite like damn like that's just that's just beautiful and that's really fucking cool like to to see in in this because uh, we've talked about like some of the, the our favorite music but like just when you see I something should, in the show you're like damn this is cool like what's what sticks out to you when you first think Avatar. I think we should just interchange I think that will make it more fun for us in the audience so I'll start and then you do one and then I'll do yeah, one sure. okay starting off I love the ship in the ice. It's one of my favorite visuals of Avatar, even though we really only see it technically twice. It's but it just stands out so well. And it's and it's such a great also visual storytelling of just showing how the Hundred Year War has affected this world and the cultures here and how crazy it is. It's amazing. That's a good one. That's a good one. For whatever reason, and this is probably not one that you would 
initially expect. But for whatever reason, when I think about just some of the coolest shit visually in in the last Airbender is when Zuko's running around as the Blue Spirit. And it's right before they cut to commercial break. But, like, you're at Aang's perspective, and Zuko in the Blue Spirit is, like, coming at the screen, swinging the swords, and it, like, cuts, like, into commercial break. I'm like, for whatever reason, oh, my God. That goes so hard. I get chills. I get chills thinking about it right now. I'm like, oh, this is dope as fuck. Uh, um, it's, so, yeah. it's amazing. So, Look. I guess, for my visuals, any anytime the Blue Spirit's around, because that's just such a cool design. Yeah, it it is pretty amazing. I love it. Uh, second, I guess uh for me, the Earth Kingdom city of Omashu. Mm. Like when we first see it, it's like you can feel the majesty of the city, and just as a kid, you want to go into there and start doing, uh, start doing what Ang and Boomy did of just riding in the mail coasters and everything. It's awesome, and the first time seeing it was just amazing for me. I love the visual. And shout out to King Boomy, you know. Shout out to King Boomy, like strongest Earthbender of his generation. What a what a what a dog, you know. He's got the Boomy has that dog in him, and we don't oh, talk yeah. about that enough as a society. Just the the most jacked old man you have ever seen in your life. I'm talking. This man is over a hundred years old. Like he is just he is built like a brick shit house that he would then bend. He is one of my favorite scenes in like, like he steals the show in nearly every season where when he appears in the episodes and everything, and then it's less like in when we first see him and it's like Aang picks him and he's like wrong choice. It's like I was like oh he no. rips off the robe like Mickey in Kingdom Hearts two and you're like oh my goodness this is not what I expected. <laughs> oh man, let me see another and you know I'm not. Maybe I just I'm gonna say a lot of visuals with Zuko, but his uh, his Agni Kai with Admiral Zhao. Well, he was then he wasn't Admiral then, but Commander Zhao. Like that was oh my goodness! Yeah. I feel like that's one of the first times where you really get to see what a Firebender can do. You know, in in an in an actual combat setting, because before then it's like oh you know you got Zuko chasing Aang, doing a lot of blasting, you know, and then it's like sure they're. He he's not holding back. Cause he wants to capture the Avatar, but it's still like, all right, you know, it's, a lot of it's getting dissipated by the air. Like it's it's these two clashing bending styles, so it's more of like who's you know who whose style is more effective in in just in terms of like the the elements. Like it's it's a battle superiority there with Zuko versus Zhao. It's like okay, like we're we're getting to see just like nothing but fire bending. Like what what is this? bending form capable of just on its own like on its own merits not worrying about oh is it stronger than oh i gotta say this hold on i am uh, excuse me not is it stronger than air or you know earth or water but just like what can fire bending do and this is the first glimpse you have that's not the last agni kai we get in the show but man is it does it set the tone so well for for what we're gonna see coming forward and it just looks so cool yeah yeah and also like I think it does a good job of showing of showing you what firebending ver what firebending on firebending or just element versus element is like, and then it's like they build up on that one fight as it goes on because as much as cool as Zhao is, he's not he's really kind of the weakest firebender we see in the series. Well, the weakest because well, he's got firebender. no self control. Yep. If only well, he had that self control. Says. Mm-hmm. Ah, Zhang Zhang. Yeah, he he is one of my visuals as well, but I, he's not my next visual because I wanted to go on the element versus element theme. Because mm. Katara versus Master Paku is amazing. Oh. <laughs> You're like, wow, this little girl has come far from just making uh, the water splash. Like, and, it, and it's like, again, throughout the series, you see how we built up to that moment of yeah. her facing off against the waterbending master. It's like the waterbending scroll when she feels like she isn't as good as Aang because he's just so talented. And then you see her face off against a waterbending master and actually he's sweating a little bit. Yeah, she Not holds her much. own way more than anyone was expecting her to. 
it's like it's so cool to see how far she's come and to see her creativity as she's using these other moves we haven't seen her use but she's in her element she's surrounded by water now it's amazing to see she's fantastic it's a fantastic fight um and on that note uh, my next visual also is while they're in the um the the northern water tribe when ang goes into the avatar state and just absolutely wrecks all of the Fire Nation ships during their assault. Like, I mean, that's one of the... That's one of, like, top ten moments of the whole series. Because you're like, damn. Like, no wonder they're after the Avatar. Like, obviously, he's been in the Avatar state before. You know, like, we've seen, you know, some pretty some pretty cool feats. But I think this is one of the first times where you're like, wow, like, the Avatar can be, like, god-tier if it's if they're not, like you know, holding back. And, and that's one of those moments where like, damn, this is just hmm. so mistake, damn cool. And mistake me if I'm wrong, but we didn't get to see the Avatar state since Roku used it through Aang, right? Yeah. I believe this is the last time you've seen it since the, since the temple. Cause he was all like, you know, freaked out. Yeah. It's a, it's a It's amazing. Like the suspense that we haven't seen it. And then it comes back and it's like, Oh, the, it's like, oh he's shivers. still, he's still got the sauce. He still got the sauce. He's entered the sauce state. Well, I guess this is, it's technically a moment that does consist of the Avatar state, because my next visual is the skulls around Monk Yatso and Aang going into the Avatar state oh. for the second time. Oh, that's a moment. That's a heartbreaking moment, too. It's heartbreak. It's heartbreaking. It's so sad because you because you, it's like you realize, even as a kid, slowly, Aang's denying that the air nomads are gone. Yeah, like they are. I was like, "Ang, you would have, you would have seen them." All right. Yeah, like they're they're gone. Yeah, then it's like that's when it's like just crash. He can't. He can no longer deny it. It's literally his master's skeleton, and it's like he can no longer hold back those emotions. It's so heart wrenching. Ugh. Sad shit, man. Sad shit. Sad shit. Trying to think, what's another? The whole fight with Jet, I think, is very with like all the fire in the ground. Like that's a whole. The way they use his specific weaponry, and and they put him in a place where okay, he's he's not a bender, he's just mm-hmm. a damn good fighter, and he's managing to like actually. I mean, obviously, he still loses because Katara freezes the fuck out of him, but like he's able mm-hmm. to put up against the Avatar for a bit. It's like damn, like he's. This is this is really freaking cool. And obviously Aang's not trying, you know, super hard to hurt him because Aang is largely a pacifist. He still likes him. Yeah, like he's just like, hey man, like let's let's not do all that. But it's uh it's it's a damn cool fight to look at. Yeah. Next next one for me, I think, is Ooh, I'm trying to decide between two different ones because both of them are just so good visuals. I think for me, I'm going to choose Avatar Kiyoshi appearing. Mm. <laughs> like her appearance. Like so her you appearance. mean you mean the boss? The Bro, boss. Shout out to Kiyoshi, a, like a seven foot tall lesbian earthbender warrior. She is so fucking cool. She is amazing. She is amazing. And like She's the first such time, a yeah, the yeah the first time she manifests, it's like you're not expecting her to do so, but it's like this moment where it's like oh. Yeah, I can see why she's re- has a whole island revering her. Holy crap. Also, just the way that it forms. It's like, this is the first time where there's no Avatar state before the formation or anything. It's just, suddenly, Aang is becoming Kyoshi. And honestly, I just feel like that's Kyoshi just asserting dominance. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, as, yeah. But her manifestation is just so cool. The way the wind like blows around Aang before it manifests her and just like seeing her utilize the four elements and everything the first person to lava bend on screen as well like that it's just a crazy Kyoshi stole that scene one she steals every scene that she's in and we can't talk about it now because you know future spoilers but her the way she handles problems is just so fucking funny to me like she, we'll just put it this way. Kyoshi stands on business and, yeah. you know, in a way that is just like, damn, I gotta, we gotta admire that. 
Yeah, it's like it's like it's like Avatar Aang and Roku like have this like more gentle nature of dealing with problems. Now Kyoshi, Nakio. she's she, she she brings fire for an Earthbender. She, she brings yeah. the fire. She is she is something else. Is is, <laughs> is what I'll say about Avatar Kyoshi. Um, on the note of of the previous avatars and individuals. My another one of my favorite things is uh, actually another moment from the the Air Temple um, episode where they go and see the statues of all the past avatars, and when Aang enters the Avatar state and they all light up, like come on, that then and, and you get a whole like you see the whole cycle and you're like, man, this is this is cool, like this is and you get a feeling of how big, big the Avatar is from it, you know, like that that's cr- it's crazy. It does a great job of not only pointing out how like powerful the Avatar legacy is, but it also is like wow, Aang. It, like it ties into the 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 opening theme because it's like wow, Aang does have a lot to learn because like this is this is everyone who came before him. This is all of his past lives, and he's still just this kid. But like he's got the capacity, but it's like man, he's got a. He has a journey ahead of him, and it, it sets the tone, I think, for the entire series. And man, it's just it's just so damn cool. Yeah, it's so damn cool. Uh, yeah. I'm starting to no- I'm starting to notice a lot of mine are avatar are when avatar past avatars manifest because the past avatars are all so cool. They are. They're, They're super are. cool. Oh uh, man some some would say the next avatars next avatar also pretty cool. You know, I would I would say that, but again. Future spoilers. Everyone has their own opinion. We'll get to that eventually. Um, we'll get to that eventually. We'll get to that eventually because everyone's got opinions on that show. I know I've got opinions, but that's just me, me personally. Um, yeah. But yes, I mean, I'm trying to think. Are there any more specific standout visuals for this? Uh, for what? this well, season I have one. that I want to. Yeah, okay, I yeah, have... hit me. Zhang Zhang meeting Roku. Like that moment. That is a that is a that moment does just visually Roku appearing. You're like, oh shit. He's like, yeah. yeah. Like you better change. He's like, change your tone, Zhang Zhang. You're teaching me. Yeah, and, and I just love the contrast too. Roku, like the moment Roku appears, he's awe inspiring. Like, he's on his the, knees. Yeah, he's on his he's on his knees and everything. And then he says, like, I will train you, and you immediately go back to Ang, who is like. Has no idea what he just did that he manifested Roku. It's it's really ama- it's really amazing, like how well the past avatars can blend into the current with Aang, and just how well it's like the story just shows like how different Aang is from these people. It's like okay, yeah, they're Aang's past lives, but he's so different in each of them. It's in it's amazing. It is. It's really fucking cool. That's real fucking cool. Now, switching from just favorite visuals, just favorite moments in general, like character moments, just cool moments. Like, what's your before we wrap up? Like, what are some of your let's say, let's say top three moments? We've covered a lot of our favorite moments show, and I know some people are like, oh, well, weren't you going more in depth with the plot and whatnot? A, because there's like eighteen episodes in this, and yeah, if you want a small plot synopsis, here's it in like two minutes. So a boy, a boy who was frozen in ice is discovered by two by two Inuit people who are not actually Inuit people. They're southern water drivers, and they go on globe-trotting adventures while being chased by an angry prince who was banished because he did uh, he sass his dad, and they have to go. Didn't even really they, sass him. Sass another guy who was like, "Let's sacrifice these troops." Yeah. So pretty pretty much like yeah, he's like just angry prince who's dealing with a lot of daddy issues. And oh, yeah. mommy issues and family issues. Zuko has a lot of issues he needs Got to work through. A lot of issues, okay? man. A therapy king, if ever I've seen yeah. one. Yeah, and t- and the tiny boy in the iceberg, and his name is Aang. He's the Avatar, and he has to learn what it means to be the Avatar. Has to take up the responsibility that he hasn't been able to do for a hundred years because he was stuck in ice, and you know, eventually stop this hundred year war, save the world, and uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so go to the North North Pole. Yeah, go to the North Pole. Looking, looking for Santa Claus so he can teach him how to turn into a giant water koi. So fucking cool. So fucking cool. <sighs> well, yeah, that's the and they get into shenanigans and adventures along the way. So, 
Yeah. There you go. So, um, so three favorite But moments. also, it's one of okay. those things where we're not doing the plot because you should watch the show on your own. E- either you've already watched the show, and like us, you just know it by heart because it's so damn good, or you haven't watched the show and you need to go get your life right, and I don't want to spoil any more for you than we already have. Aside from our favorite moments that we're about to spoil right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, three favorite moments. Uh, number three, Zuko and Aang in the storm. Not like the storm episode, but when they're in but the in North the, Pole, the finale, the season finale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of my fa- that's one of my favorite moments because it's one of the first times you ever hear about Azula, uh, and just like how Zuko dislike and how Zuko like just sees her and Ang, like he associates them together because they are both like bored with like shit. great, yeah, just good, no. just good at stuff. It's like it angs the avatar, so there's another knot on top of it. Well, Zuko had to work hard for everything he did. And it's like, there's been moments where you feel bad for Zuko throughout the first season. This is, I think, the culmination of it. When you truly under when you truly fully understand Zuko has Zuko might be a prince. He hasn't lived the life of a pampered prince, though. He's been struggling from day one. And this it's, man dealing with some familial abuse and childhood oh, trauma. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, this is like one. So it's like it's one of my favorite scenes because it really does. Sh- it really does show and how these two characters are different, but also how Zuko was sort of blocking himself from healing, mm-hmm. and even Aang, like from it, he's like it's a callback to like the Blue Spirit when we find out Zuko's the Blue Spirit, mm-hmm. and Aang still saves him and everything because it's like he knows Zuko did it for selfish reasons, but in Aang's mind. If things were just slightly different, they could have been friends. Oh, and that, see, you say that, that's one of my favorite moments. When, 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 you know, when after Zuko has rescued him, even if it's self-treason, and then Aang ends up rescuing Zuko, and he's waiting there for him to wake up, and he's like, you know, like, I think we could have been friends, like, if you weren't, you know, always trying to capture me <laughs> and <Yeah>. take <laughs> me over to your, your father so he could murder me. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, gotta love it. Uh... Number two of my favorite moments, I would say, I would say, whew, season one has just so many, oh, so many good moments. Honestly, I think I'm going to have a problem picking favorite moments throughout all the seasons when we get through them. But, uh, see, but I guess, you know, what? I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Katara calming down Aang when he first goes into the Avatar state, because that's the moment where this family unit is fully cemented. Yeah, and that's a great one. Yeah, it's it's just like that. It's the start of the Avatar family. Not only that, but it's also like it's also like her knowing that um these guys are gonna help um Aang overcome his trauma. While Aang is also gonna be there for them. It's it's just so it's just so nice, and it's something that you look back on and realize that even in the moment. You weren't fully appreciating who these people would become. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. Yeah. But, but number one favorite for me of my favorite moments, and surprise, surprise, it's another Zuko moment. It's Zuko versus Zhao. Mm. I feel like it's not only a good moment because Zuko has been pretty much chasing the Avatar longs, like, um, in opposition to Zhao. Yeah, it's essentially having to race Jail for Aang. Yeah, and ev- and eventually it's like, it's also a clash of the different ideals that Zuko was going through. It's like, Zhao is the representation of Zuko as just this blind, lo- loyally blind person to the Fire Nation, and of course his, his um, royal family as well. And Zuko, in a way, is fully... a. Is like he doesn't realize it, but he represents not being loyal to the um, Fire Nation of realizing that they're not exactly as great as they are, but also like the um, the morals that he's been learning on his journey to capture the Avatar. Surprising, surprising! The antagonist learning how to be a good person while also right. still trying to capture the good per- the um the person that he that makes it a bad thing. But yeah, um, is a really it's a really cool fight altogether, but the ending is what makes it because when the moon spirit comes for revenge, Zuko lets his hand out and says, "Give me your hand, I can save you," and it's really cool because it's like it shows Zuko is a good person at heart. He's yeah. not just he's not just some 
bad guy and everything. And it's like with every other time that Zuko's helped out the uh, gang, it's always been under the under the notion that he needs to capture Aang. This is the first time that we see him do something good 100% without any benefit to himself. And he's like, it's really cool to see. And in the end, Zhao's own um, pride he's gets like, no, the better of him. And I'm like, you know what? I respect it. I love it. <laughs> I love it when a villain just refuses to grow. And it's like, no, you. I'm not going to let my enemy save me. I'd rather die. I'm the, you know what? Like, obviously you're a clown, but like also, shout out to you because I respect it. Yeah. It is. It's honestly pretty. It's honestly pretty amazing. I do think Zhao was a way better commander than he was um, a firebender. But I still like would have loved to see how it ended. Would Zuko have won? Would Zhao have won? With how who they were at the time, you know, like Zuko would have won. Like season two, Zuko would have won. But uh, and don't even let's not even get started on season three, Zuko. Oh God, no way! The, like the, the fucking the dog, bro. <laughs> He's got that dog. He has but... got that dog, bro. He's got the whole yeah. kennel. Hot. We got the whole kennel. <laughs> got a whole kennel uh, up in there. Yeah, but those are my those are my three favorite moments. Like I have many more, but I feel like I it's if hard I not say to, anymore. You know, in the show. Yeah, yeah, which is why I'm having trouble picking just three. I mean, I already mentioned the the moment where Aang, you know, tells Zuko that they could have been friends. That may be. Is that my favorite moment? Mm. I'm gonna is I'm gonna cheat one? a little. It might be my number one. I'm gonna cheat on one of for one of my moments. Anytime they run over the guy's cabbages. Like he says, my cabbages. Anytime my cabbages. One of the the top top ten top five characters in the show is the cabbage the cabbage vendor. Cabbage vendor. He's he's fantastic. There's a there's a cabbage uh, salesman Easter egg in Baldur's Gate three. You you played Baldur's Gate? I have. Okay, and I did not know that that was there. Well, that's the thing. I made uh, so my second playthrough. I made a monk. And I, I essentially just made the avatar. You know, one of the the classes is is you know master of the master of the elements. And well, I'm walking around in the city of Baldur's Gate, and there's a guy with a knocked over cabbage cart, and he's like, "Oh, those ruffians knocked over all my cabbages!" And he like he makes some type of reference. Oh, this used to happen all the time, or something like that. But I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit, is this this is oddly specific to be like, yo, my cabbage cart is knocked over and this has happened a lot before. It's like, all right, as I'm walking by essentially being the avatar, a character I made named Zatarans, <laughs> like the rice. Um, but yeah, no. So shout out to shout out to the cabbage merchant. No, oh, he's in the top three and to round out my top three. Hmm, I think when I guess this is a, a, a cheat, but the entire sequence in the finale of season one, when UA gives a, really just anything like the sacred, the sacred pool or whatever, where uh, UA sacrifices herself to become the moon spirit. And even Iroh's like, no, like Zhao, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. You're messing with the spirits. Like when, when Iroh stands on business, it's like, no, we're not doing this. Like sure. War, whatever. But like, we're not about to, capture a spirit like that's you're you're messing with the fabric of the world like that just can't that can't go on um so just that whole that whole interaction and and really just i I guess i'll just cheat and say like the entire final like fight the final action sequence because that's also where ang you know does the cool uh, after state you know koiju situation yeah it's uh koizula it's great yeah it's great yeah yeah, I'm gonna have to start cheating on these more because you and Taylor cheat. Oh, I cheat all but, the time. Uh, you know, I'm the yeah. arbiter culture. I can make my own rules. Yeah, but uh, yeah, those are great. Those are great picks. Uh, I do. Ha- I do have to say, like, I love. I love the spirit. Co- the spirit pond stuff as well. But I also need to bring up like something because you mentioned Iroh and everything. Iroh be out here hiding his prowess in plain sight <laughs> until that very moment. You think Where, that man's just there trying to be sipping on tea and playing Mahjong, and then at the, the drop of a hat, he's like, I'm going to end everybody in my eyeline. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, man, Iroh, it's like, literally be just be giving Zhao just these silent L's. 100%. Like, <laughs> not even just, just anyone who, the people who try to kidnap him, like just anyone. He starts breathing fire. He's like, that's why they call him the Dragon of the West. Like, anytime... Yeah. 
Iroh decides to stand on business. He's like, I, I will give you 10 seconds, and if I still see you after that, you're dead. Like, it's just... Yes. You know what? That, that's like number one. Every Iroh moment, because... Every time get he gets to stand on business. Yeah. When he proves he's... When, when he reminds people why he was the most feared general in the Fire Nation army. The man just really just... It's like, everyone keeps saying, it's like, oh, you've lost your touch, old man. It's like, no, no, he well, hasn't. He's just chilled out. <laughs> well, uh, Drew, any, uh, we're not even going to say least favorite moments, because our least, I, you know, Drew, I know what our least favorite moment was. The show being so successful that it led to the last Airbender movie. That's the least favorite moment. That entire movie. Yep. Pretty much only thing you need. Point being, great show. Taylor's watching it as we speak. It seems like he's liking it. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you should get like Taylor and watch the show for the first time and have your life changed. But when you're not changing life watching Avatar, you should be changing your life by following us on the socials. Drew, what are you working on and where can people find you? Current currently I'm not work currently I'm not working on anything. I have not returned to YouTube after the break, so uh I'm not work I'm not working on anything right now because gotta get my gotta get my house in order, especially with uh something special that's been upcoming. Uh but if you wanna see me just talk about random stuff and uh also if you want if you wanna hear my thoughts and opinions on anything that I just have a random thought on you can follow me at Drew Garrison underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Well, if you're looking to follow me on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok, you can find me at Back Issue Bins. You can also find me over at Screen Rant, where I'm still chugging out articles. You know, I got to get that bread somehow. So go look at the articles because I get paid per view within the first couple of days of it getting posted. So, you know, your boy needs the guap. And speaking of needing guap, if you like anything the Nerd Stash does, if you're a fan of the the site, which you should be, if you're a fan of any of our great podcasts like this or the Power Up and Game or the Long Box Hunters, which is which is back, consider leaving us a rating. I prefer if it's something positive, because if it's negative, I'm not going to acknowledge it. We've talked about this, you know, according <laughs> to my therapist. I don't need that negativity, and I just refuse to deal with it. I leave that to to Drew and, and Taylor, you know? That's uh that's their business, not mine. Next week on Nerd Stock Movies, we are going to be talking about The Truman Show, Taylor's pick, so he should be on for that one. I'll be on for that one because this is a movie that Taylor wants me to watch. But then again, you know, Taylor wasn't here for Avatar, so will Tristan show up? Yeah, I will, because Truman Show's been on my list to watch for a while, so I guess I'll come talk about it, you know. <laughs> oh, I guess I'll, you know, have to come shove my opinions down people's throat. That's such a burden for me. Uh, um, <laughs> but, you know... Until then, everyone have a great week. See ya.